Wow, 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 wow. Did not see this coming at all. Ryan Blaney wins the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 in a shocker after Kyle Larson dominates the day but finishes second. Nice win there for crew chief Todd Gordon also. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And this episode, we are going to be taking a look back at Atlanta. A little bit of a snooze fest, but there are still points for us to pick out and celebrate some success, small as it may be. And then what everybody's probably here for, looking ahead to the most interesting race on the schedule in the 2021 season, it's the Bristol Dirt Race. Total unknown. We're going to try to tackle that. And this week, we have help because we've got Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic to come on and talk to us about his thoughts on this dirt race action at Bristol this coming weekend. So we will bring you that right at the top of the episode, and then we'll get to our picks. It's going to be a little bit different this week with not much to pull from, but we'll still try to talk about the strategy, talk about some of the factors that are going to play into the odds as the weekend unfolds. Try to zero in on some of the things that stand out. Then try to buckle down and talk about some of the guys we like and why. So we will get to that all in just a little bit. But first, we have to, once again, take a look back at Atlanta. I called it a snooze fest. And that's because, in my opinion, it really was. I think there were a lot of people that were pretty pumped if they took the prop bet out there to have the winner of the race both win stage one and two. It's a prop bet every single week, and it's usually around plus 650. Very tough to do, but it looked like it was really going to happen because Kyle Larson dominated that race. Anytime we've got a guy who's just out front, way better than anybody else, untouchable, it's just kind of a snooze fest. There's nothing you can really do about that. NASCAR can't really change anything about it. Atlanta has a history of that happening. Harvick has dominated in the past. We talked about Harvick a lot last week and how he dominates leading a lot of laps. Well, that's what Kyle Larson did on Saturday. Made it really tough to watch. Really did. And I thought it was funny because in the broadcast booth, Jeff Gordon, after stage one, kind of made a joke to Kyle Larson when they were talking in the interview and stage break, basically saying, hey, man, Make it interesting for us here in the booth. And Larson didn't seem to take kindly to that. And he didn't. I mean, stage two, he dominated. And then it all came down to the last 10 laps, which is bizarre. So obviously, we didn't call out Larson on this podcast last week. We did touch on Blaney in the top 10 section. We called out Blaney minus 143. And we did throw in the fact that he was going off at plus 1600 to win the race. Not going to take credit for calling out a a win. So we're still kind of over in the win department, but I did throw some of my money down on him to win the race in addition to a top 10. So I was pretty interested because once you start to see the gain from the second place car on the first place car, then that gets you to perk up a little bit towards the end. And it really made it interesting seeing that pass for the lead and eventually the win. Logano playing a factor. I mean, people talk about how are teammates a thing in NASCAR. Well, that was a pretty good picture of it on Sunday. So pretty happy with the way that the race ended. The last 10 laps was pretty decent, but overall, not a great race, I would say. Now, some of the other bets that we had, Sticking in the top 10 area, we were very close to cashing in on some big tickets because we talked about Stenhouse and Ryan Newman as some moonshots, and they finished 12th and 13th, so very close there. Props to those guys on a solid race, you could say, for both of those teams. Now, the killer, the absolute killer, was Kurt Busch because his car 
was very strong. And then they got jammed up because Kyle spun his wheels on a restart and Denny got in the back of Kurt. It was a whole accordion type of deal. And of course, the guy I was all over, I had him to uh, win the race, top 10 for sure. I mean, he was destined for a top 10. And I had him in my daily fantasy lineup, the whole shebang. He's the one guy out of that restart that gets knocked out of the race. It really sucks. I know they had a good back and forth on Twitter talking about it, Kurt and Denny, which was humorous, but still nonetheless very frustrating for gamblers on this podcast who were all over Kurt. But I'm sure we'll be on Kurt again sometime down the road to make up for it. In the head-to-head section, we went one and two. We totally whiffed on the Kevin Harvick versus Kyle Larson situation. I, I think I quoted uh, myself on Instagram, put a clip out there of the episode, and I said, Kyle Larson is just kind of in the way. Well, it's almost like he heard that because he was just so good. And Harvick continuing to struggle. Now, is it really struggling if they're able to kind of back their way into top tens? Maybe not. But when you expect a guy to go out and lead laps and he's struggling to get back on the lead lap, that's a problem. So I think the the alarm bell is starting to ring at Stuart Haas right now. Uh, but anyway, in the head-to-head section, we went one and two. Austin Dillon, we were all over that pick, and, and he really crushed it for us. The toss-up, Eric Jones versus Ross Chastain. Chastain put together a solid race, 14th, finish, 14th place finish for him, and Jones was a few laps down pretty early. So... Um, overall, I don't know, kind of a so-so day when you look at the numbers and how they end up breaking down, but Atlanta as a whole, I think that track could be in a little bit of trouble. I mean, that was not a good representation of NASCAR racing in general. If that was the first time you were tuning into a race, I don't think you were too happy. So we will move on because they're backing that up with one of the most intriguing types of races we've seen in NASCAR in decades. So we are talking, of course, about the Bristol dirt race. They filled the half mile track. In case you've been under a rock, they filled this track with dirt and they are changing the Food City 500 to a dirt race. So this is going to be very tough to try to pick because like we said, we like to break down stats and use past history. We got none of that. I mean, they ran dirt back in 1970 in NASCAR. That was the last time it happened. So obviously, none of these guys were around back then. So we brought in some help. We are very lucky this week to be joined by Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic, one of the best sports news outlets there is right now in the game. He joined us to talk about the Bristol Dirt Race and the gambling side of looking at a race that's totally brand new. So this is just the perfect race to be able to bounce some things off of somebody different, get some of his thoughts and analysis on these drivers heading into this racetrack. So without further ado, let's get to that conversation with Jordan. So now we'll want to welcome onto the podcast motorsports writer for The Athletic, host of the Teardown podcast, Jordan Bianchi. Jordan, thanks for jumping on with me tonight. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you having me on. And man, do we have we have a lot of fun things to talk about. I'll tell you what, uh, you are pretty brave coming on to a <laughs> gambling podcast on this week. I know we talked maybe Atlanta. That might have been a little <laughs> bit uh, easier to predict, but commendable. To say the least. I appreciate that. Uh, basically, my, my stock answer for everything related to Bristol is we don't know. It's going to be unpredictable. <laughs> it's going to be fun and entertaining, and it feels like a wide open race. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in your you know writing, you're very uh, data driven with your yeah. articles and your analysis. Is there anything, say, Eldora, these guys who have you know been a part of those races anything you can pull from from the past to even try to feel like you're comfortable about making any bets i think honestly talking to people and i know opinions vary on this a little bit but i think centering on guys who do have a little bit of a dirt background the the kyle larson the christopher bells the chase briscoes austin dylan is a guy that you could probably find really good value on because he's a little bit under the radar 
um, even like a Ricky Stenhouse, just guys who have a little bit of a dirt background to some extent, I think are going to do well, especially guys who have raced at Bristol over the past week because they've done all these other preliminary events. Larson's been there. Uh, Dylan's been there. Uh, Logano's been there. Kyle Busch has been there. But I'd really focus on the guys who come from a dirt background just because it does seem to be that while this race is going to be unpredictable and we don't know what the conditions are going to be like and how stock cars are going to handle on dirt and everything, just having a fundamental sense of what the, how the dirt is going to change and the surface is going to change from the green flag or the checkered flag and lines and everything else, I think is going to come, is going to be a factor at the end. And at the end of the day too, I mean, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell seem to be good anywhere they are. They're good in any kind of car on a dirt surface anywhere. So they just, they seem like guys you got to look at. For sure. Yeah. And you mentioned um, Larson there. He's going off the, the odds were released Monday morning. And as predicted, Larson was head and shoulders <laughs> the favorite plus 250. The next best guy at the time was like plus 800. It was Christopher Bell. But the odds have been going up and down for the rest of the guys. For Larson, it stayed the same. Um, are you queasy at all, kind of going all in on a big-time favorite like that, or do you embrace that type of thing? I mean, Larson's going to be the favorite because, one, he's exceptional on dirt. He adapts to anything on dirt really well. Really adapts to anything, period. Asphalt, concrete, it doesn't matter the surface. But, I mean, he, you know, he hopped in a, a dirt late model last year for the first time. And, you know, I don't know if he won or not, but he was in contention. I think he did win, actually. So, um, you know, but he's, he's, you know, there's a couple things. One, he's just exceptional on dirt. Two, he's a great talent in general. Three, he's a big name and he's coming off a, a stretch. I mean, really, the, the beginning of this year, he's been, you know, really, really good. Should have won last week, maybe. You know, he's already got a win this year. So he's just, he is the easy, casual, popular pick. You know, it's like, you know, it, you know, you, you talk to people in Vegas, they always say that there's, there's certain teams that just, people tend to bet on more just because they're more recognizable. And then NASCAR, that seems to be Kyle Larson. Yeah, for sure. Now, you mentioned a little bit of a value pick with Austin Dillon, maybe. I guess this is more about finding those values. This is the first time we've had a real qualifying, I think, for the 2021 season with these heat races mm -hmm. coming up on Saturday. Um, I think there's a decision for the gambler about when to put their bets in. You know, Do you want to see these guys actually on track before you throw some money down? and take the risk of the the value going down if your guy is killing it, or do you put it in beforehand? Where do you kind of land on that? To me, I'm always somebody who waits because I want to see everything on the track. I mean, guys that you think may do well, they may struggle. And guys yeah. that you think are going to struggle, they may take to it really well. And if you find, you know, if there's a guy, I don't, you know, just pick any, you know, any random driver and you don't think that they're going to do well, but all of a sudden in the heat race, they blow everybody's doors off. All of a sudden, it's like, well, wait a second. That might be somebody I can get good value on quickly because no one was going to pick him. So I'd wait after the heat races, maybe even during the heat races, just because, you, you, like I said, you see somebody have a really good heat or a bad heat. You're thinking, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back away or I'm going all in on that. So I'm somebody who just likes to get assess everything that's going on before I make my picks. Yeah, it totally makes sense, uh, especially at this track. Mm -hmm. You need to see it. I mean, no one yeah, has seen exactly. it, so you kind of need that. So speaking more about, you know, the guys who are coming from a, a dirt background, you touched on Christopher Bell. Uh, is there anybody that maybe isn't the, the fan favorite, I guess, or the, the ones that people automatically go to that has a, a pretty sneaky good dirt history that you're aware of? Yeah, I mentioned his name, but it's worth pointing out again. It's just Austin Dillon. He has raced in dirt before. He, he has experience. He's won on dirt. He was at Bristol the last week. He's won some preliminary races there. He's not that household name or that guy you really think of, of being able to, to stand out on dirt, but he's really, really good. And he, he's so good, in fact, that Kyle Larson even said, hey, this is a guy you got to watch out for. And he thinks that he's one of the favorites. So if Kyle Larson is looking at you as a guy he's going to have to contend with for the win, to me, that's a good indication that you, you might want to keep an eye on him. Makes total sense. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a big Dylan fan this weekend. Yep. That's for sure. Um, looking at non-dirt races, mm -hmm. non-dirt racers, mm -hmm. is there any shot that these poor guys have of, 
contending. And I guess maybe not for the win, but there are other types of bets like top tens and sure. you know head-to-head matchups. Are these guys just going to be hung out to dry or are we going to be able to see some of these guys poke their head up? For example, Kozlowski, huge odds, long odds right now for somebody like him. Big names <laughs> in the sport, just really long odds. So what's your take on just a, a normal driver having any sort of um, competitiveness this weekend? I think you're going to see guys who surprise and do well. And whether they're going to be able to contend for the win, that's I think that's a big ask. But if you're talking about a guy like Joey Logano, for example, Joey's put in the time. He's tested a lot. He went down to Florida in February, raced down there a little bit. He raced um, last week at Bristol. You know, not a guy with a dirt background, but Joey is an exceptionally talented race car driver who has shown that he can really get into any kind of car and go fast quickly. Why couldn't he finish in the top five? I mean, this is going to be a race, too. We need to keep in mind, this is probably going to be an attrition field race. There's going to be a lot of, you know, slamming and banging and damaged race cars and stuff. And it's about putting yourself in position where you're there at the end. So, you know, there's going to be guys that we think are going to do well. They're going to have all sorts of issues. And that happens. That's going to open the door for a lot of these guys who are going to pop up. So, yeah, a guy like Logano or a guy like Keslowski who's put the time in. How about Chase Elliott? You know, I mean, Chase Elliott yeah. is another guy that, you know, he's not a dirt guy per se, but we, we saw him this year do a lot of different things. We saw him at the Chili Bowl. He was very competitive at the Chili Bowl and certainly turned some heads there. He has done a lot of sprint car racing and other stuff on dirt. Um, he, and he was also another guy who raced at Bristol last week. And we've seen him, whether, you know, even the Rolex 24 this year, racing sports cars, he is somebody who adapts pretty quickly. So I wouldn't be shocked to see one of those, you know, a couple of these guys finish up there in the contention. And I, and I go back to Eldora. The second Eldora race in 2014 was won, won by Bubba Wallace. Nobody, Bubba Wallace is not a dirt driver, but he won that race and did it in really impressive fashion. And if I'm not mistaken, he beat Kyle Larson that night. So, I mean, it just shows you that anything can happen in these races because the, the, this is a game changer. The, the surface is so unpredictable. Yeah, you are right. I was actually digging into some Eldora stats earlier, and Larson finished 26 in that race. So, okay. um, yeah, he, very like, interesting. Yeah, he was running second, and he just beat down the wall all night. And then at the end, he just <laughs> hit one too many times. And his truck basically did like a Blues Brothers. I will never forget that. It just basically like <laughs> fell apart. So, yeah, no, I mean, that was the night. I mean, and but Bubba beat him straight up. I mean, it wasn't like Kyle Larson messed up. It was like Bubba was beating him. So, you just don't know. So we're going to see some guys hop into some trucks on Saturday night. Do you think that let's just paint a hypothetical here. We see a guy who maybe snags a truck ride, not a guy like a a Larson or one of the bigger names, but he's racing in the cup race as well. Blows the doors off of everyone at the track. They're going to be at the next day. Is that, something to take note of and, and maybe try to throw some quick money down on or do you think well it's just a truck race not really worth getting excited about no i would definitely take note i mean they, you know people tell you that there's a lot of correlation between a, a cup car and a truck and if you can have success in one you can usually have success in the other and if there's a guy who, who on sun on saturday just over, you know, is impressive. And he's racing on Sunday. Absolutely throw some money on him and take a look at him because I would think that there's going to be some, enough correlation there. Plus, they're going to have an understanding of the track conditions over a duration of a race, which is certainly going to be an advantage over, compared to a lot of these guys who aren't racing the truck race. Very good. I like it. So one thing, I guess, to kind of round out the Bristol conversation, um, wanted to throw a head-to-head matchup your way. Now, Full disclosure, the odds, I think the books are a little scared this weekend to start putting stuff out a little too early. Um, But just knowing what I've known from the past, I'm going to throw a head-to-head matchup out there that I think might be there um, this weekend and just want to gut feel what you're thinking because this is an interesting one. You probably have never looked at these two side-by-side. We're talking Briscoe versus Stuart Friesen. They wow. are basically side by side in the odds right now, plus mm-hmm. 1300 apiece, uh, which is actually pretty good, pretty short odds compared to the rest of these guys. Is there anything you can make out of that matchup? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that's no, kind of no, what I was the planet here. 
it's it's intriguing. I mean, Stuart Friesen is a, an exceptional racer on dirt. He does this all the time. They know he races full-time in the truck series. He also races full-time on dirt. His wife is going to be racing on Saturdays at truck series race as well. Um, the only, you know, to me, Eileen Briscoe. Eileen Chase Briscoe, one, Chase, they both have background in dirt. Chase as much uh, is a dirt guy as anybody. But Eileen I Chase for this. He has experience in a cup car for whatever that's worth. He isn't going to be making his first career start in a cup car. Now, again, this is on a dirt. This isn't pavement. And so this is new for everybody. But just having some familiarity with a cup car, its characteristics, how it handles to some degree, what you can do with it, that has to be worth something. And I also say this. I mean, he is with Stuart House Racing. And Stuart House Racing is a powerhouse team. And you know they bring – you, you know that they're going to have the best of the best equipment. That's not a knock inspire motorsports and what they're doing there. They have done a very good job of building that team up. But I mean, if you're comparing Spire motorsports to Stuart house racing, um, yeah. you know, I mean, it is what it is that, that to me are the two differences. Yeah. And that could be the shot in the arm that Stuart house needs. Honestly, if, if Briscoe goes out and performs really well, like they're in the need of, of something. So maybe that's it. So you're right there. Yeah, I mean, um, they, need a, they need a good run. I mean, it's, it's been a frustrating year. Briscoe really needs a good run. I mean, I know he's, they've had speed this year, and he's optimistic, and they just, they've had a lot of misfortune and stuff. But, I mean, this is a good time for him to get healthy and kind of right the ship a little bit. Great. Well, any other thoughts on Bristol before I uh, sneak in a, another random question out there to you? No, no problem. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be something. I know there's a lot of debate about whether it's a good idea or not. At the end of the day, this, this event, this race has people talking, has people excited. And I think that's a great thing. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're all excited to see how it unfolds. I heard your conversation on uh, your podcast mm -hmm. Sunday. Just kind of Waiting to see how it happens. Who knows what the outcome is going to be? But up until Sunday, we're going to be pretty pumped about it. Yeah, um, it, who knows what it looked like, but so far it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, last question for you, non-Bristol related, mm -hmm. more about just um, you know betting on NASCAR in general, I guess. Sure. But I did mention at the top that you are very stat oriented, and I week to week try to pull together a bunch of different stats, like most people probably mm -hmm. do when they're looking at picks to win and, and elsewhere. Um, is there a stat or a metric, you know, people are kind of down on average finish, for example, is there a stat that stands out to you that you need to hit first before, you know, someone were to place a bet? I'd like to go back. There's a, there's a few different things. One, I'd like to see the past record at, at, at a, a certain track. There are just some drivers, you know, that at, at the right track, they're going to be good. Um, and I always want to keep that in mind too. And uh, what are they doing the past few weeks? I mean, if they're coming in on a run of top 10 finishes, you know, they're on something, you know, they've, they've hit on something and they're, the performance is there. That to me speaks well. Um, three laps running, you know, green flag laps running in the top 10, top 15 are always something to look at, you know, average finish. I, I don't mind average finish. I know it can be a little misleading because it always doesn't tell you where a person is running, but that is why I like to look at the average running position and see how many laps a driver is running in the top 15 or so, because that'll give you a, a good idea of how competitive they are. So those are probably the ones that just kind of jump out at me. That's going to be really helpful for people who are, you know, placing bets, I think um, it's going to be helpful for me moving forward. So definitely really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, well, Jordan, I really appreciate the time and uh, very busy schedule. So thank you very much for coming on and uh, yeah, hope to see you again sometime. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. And I look forward to doing this with you down the road. Appreciate that. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Well, a huge thanks to Jordan for coming on to the podcast and talking gambling about one of the most unknown tracks there is. Very tough job, but we really appreciate him doing that. You can follow him at Jordan underscore Bianchi. Give him a follow on Twitter. Let him know you loved him coming on. And also, not an ad or anything, but if you don't subscribe to The Athletic already, it's definitely well worth the money. It's uh, super cheap, like 12 bucks a month or something. I've been a subscriber of The Athletic for a while now. Really good stuff. And Jordan is doing phenomenal work on that motorsports branch of that big media outlet. So really good stuff, and we're happy to talk with him. So now let's start talking about our picks, what we want to kind of put all of this information together and come out on the other side 
with something that we can bet on. So it's going to be tough, but we will see. The couple factors, though, that I think we want to talk about. First is Eldora. I mentioned it to Jordan, got his take on it, and I did some more digging into Eldora, put together a list that I might refer to as we're talking here. Might throw that out there on Instagram, actually, if anybody is interested in it. But I threw together a spreadsheet basically of every cup driver that's going to be racing on Sunday who has ever participated in an Eldora race at any point in time and gathered their finishes and actually their driver ratings as well. So two separate charts, uh, a list of their finishes and driver ratings for all of those races. And there's a pretty good amount of people that are going off on Sunday that have participated in Eldora more than I thought. Because I just wanted to get something that I feel like I can control, right? Something you can kind of point to to say, like, yeah, I feel good about that guy. Because looking at this track, it's really tough to try to feel confident about anything. So I'm going to refer to that list as we go. The other factor that you want to think about, we mentioned this in the conversation with Jordan, but it really is worth calling out again. And it has to do with the heat races. Because you have to decide depending on who you like, if you love that value that you're getting now before the heat races, or if it's somebody else that you may want to just watch and see how it unfolds. Because they normally, at least the books that I use, normally shut the betting down when qualifying is happening. Happening, And I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing for these heat races. So, you might not be able to, depending on the book, you might not be able to see something on the track on Saturday night and place a bet right away. You might have to wait until Sunday morning to see those odds open up again, and you might not like the odds that you're getting for your guy that you were targeting on Sunday morning. So something to consider, you know, really have to think hard about it, and we'll, we'll talk about it as we go through with some of these picks. But now getting into it, I mean, the conversation really starts with Kyle Larson because the odds really reflect that he is absolutely, bar none, the guy to beat. And it's really a decision of the favorite versus the field. I can remember last year, Kyle Busch was racing in a truck race. Don't really remember what track it was. It might have been Vegas. And there was a head-to-head matchup that was Kyle Busch versus the field and it was even odds and i can remember texting cousin greg frequent uh guest of the podcast hopefully we'll see him in a few weeks but texting him saying dude i don't know what to do here this seems like a no-brainer we gotta just root against kyle so i threw a decent amount of chunk of change on everybody else because i typically get a little scared off betting on the big time favorite and I'll be damned if Kyle Busch didn't go out and win that race. So that just proves that these guys are heavy favorites for a reason. And in this case, it's not an exception. I mean, Kyle Larson is the guy here. So it's really about how you feel. Typically, the way I bet is if I'm throwing money on a guy like this, and we talked a little bit about this with Chase, the road course earlier this year, and we'll continue to talk about it as the year unfolds. But if you're betting on the favorite, you're really going to have to, at least I like to throw more money down to get a bigger return. Because if you're not betting the favorite, then you might be able to kind of sprinkle your money around and get just about the same payout as you would if you put the money down on the favorite. But instead, you got a couple different horses in the race, really. So that's a decision that you really have to make as the gambler. You know, do you feel comfortable enough throwing money down on a heavy favorite and throwing more money down to do that, or not, you know, because any little thing could go wrong, and then your bet's down the drain. So that's up to you. What we're going to do is break down Kyle Larson, talk about him in depth, give you the, the skinny on the favorite, and then give you a couple other options to choose from if you didn't want to go with the heavy favorite in Larson this week. So without delaying any longer, if you can't tell, I'm a little nervous about this week, right? Because it's it's tough, but let's get into Larson. He's currently going off at plus 250. Those odds were pretty much where he started when the odds were released on Monday morning. I think it's safe to say that Kyle Larson is pretty much the biggest dirt racing name there is, at least 
in the moment, okay? Because even before last year, he was very much a dirt racer. It was almost becoming a bit of a problem with Chip Ganassi, I remember at one point. Like, he's spending too much time dirt racing and not concentrating enough on the actual NASCAR circuit. Then, 2020 happened, and he got suspended from NASCAR, so he didn't sulk or anything like that, I guess. He put all of his energy into dirt racing. And his stats last year on the dirt racing circuit are unbelievable. Now, I'm not going to try to pretend as we go through this episode talking about dirt racing like I'm some sort of expert on the subject of dirt racing. I'm not. It's very detailed and very tough to nail down. But what I can tell you is that Kyle Larson on the circuit last year had over 40 wins in the 2020 season. And it was like, I think, 43 And his total win percentage for the amount of races that he entered compared to what he won was like over 500. So he was winning one out of every two races that he entered last year in the dirt circuit, which is just insane. I don't care what we're talking about or who we're talking about. That is a wild stat. So clearly he's the man to beat on dirt. I mean, there's a reason why we're talking about him right now. The Chili Bowl National, that is the crown jewel event of dirt racing. And Kyle Larson is the current back-to-back winner of that crown jewel event. So he won in 2020 before he was suspended by NASCAR. And then he just recently, in January, won once again in 2021. So his Hendrick contract, even when he... Signed, you would think that a guy like him, right, he gets kicked out of NASCAR, he's going to do the dirt circuit, and he finally, you know, the light shines down on him and he gets another shot. Not only that, he gets the shot at one of the best teams in NASCAR. You would think he'd just be like, yes, sir. Okay, sir, I'm there. But there's a stipulation in his contract that says he's able to dirt race. So he was still demanding like, hey, I'm going to dirt race. You can't stop me. This is clearly just in his blood. So if you're a Larson fan or you're a fan of the heavy favorite, you've got to be pretty happy with that type of stat. Looking back on it, he just clearly loves dirt racing. Now, looking at Eldora, right? Eldora, he raced three times, and he has a victory in the 2016 race. His finishes were first, second, and 26. He had a rough go in the one race. His average driver rating is 105.7. So this is the the stat that I was pulling from earlier where I was saying I looked at everybody who participated in Eldora that's racing on Sunday. His average driver rating is 105.7. There's just not much more to say, really. He is built for this. When they came out with this track on the schedule, it was a big to-do, and everybody's first instinct was Kyle Larson. So here we are, plus 250. If you're a fan of that favorite, lock it in because he is the guy with the best background. You're not going to find anybody else with those type, that type of resume for this weekend. Now, if you're looking for reasons to bet against the favorite this weekend, we'll give you a couple guys. But first, I want to call out specifically to Kyle Larson. Okay, Last weekend, Bristol had the Bristol Nationals for dirt racing because they covered this dirt and or they cover this track in dirt, they got to get their money's worth, right? So they're having a lot of races um, from the past week. It's still going on now, I believe, through basically finishing it off with the Sunday race. So he got over there and he was participating on Saturday night. And from what I understand, I was reading the reports, he in the A-Main was dominating that race and ends up finishing second. And then what happened on Sunday He dominated the race and finished second. So just because it's Kyle Larson doesn't necessarily mean that he's a complete shoo-in. It can happen that another guy can snag a win from him, and it's happened to Kyle specifically twice in one week. So it can happen. If you're looking for reasons not to bet, maybe that is kind of in the back of his head now. Who knows? I think Larson, though, as a whole, I mean, he's on a great team. He's got positive momentum left and right. It's just kind of eerie that it happened Saturday and Sunday. So now let's get to actual guys to look into that might be able to upset Kyle Larson 
this weekend. These guys are not surprises as well. I think we touched on them in our conversation a little bit ago, but they're worth calling out because their values are pretty solid for what their resumes are. So we're going to start with Christopher Bell. Right now, he's going off at plus 600. Christopher Bell is an interesting situation because he came out of the blocks when they released the odds at plus 800, dropped down to plus 500. I think he got as low as plus 450. Now he's back up at 600. I don't know what's going on with the odds right now. They're fluctuating like crazy. But plus 600, pretty solid odds for a guy, as we're about to find out, who is very solid on dirt. So plus 600, that kind of makes sense to me. That's a good spot for him to be in. He's young. He's energetic. His dirt days are not very far behind him. We talked about the Chili Bowl a second ago. He had three straight Chili Bowl titles from 2017 through 2019. So the last five Chili Bowls, like I said, the crown jewel of dirt racing have been won by two NASCAR drivers, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. At Eldora, he has three starts as well, a victory, along with a second-place finish and a ninth-place finish. That's an average finish of 4.0. That's tied out of everybody on that list I was referring to. For second, his average driver rating is 125.6, which is first out of everyone who went to Eldora at some point in their career, who's participating on Sunday. That's first out of everyone there. Really good numbers. Those driver rating numbers for Christopher Bell at Eldora are just sky high. Really impressive stuff. He's a past winner, and that's big, really big. Plus, he's shown this year that he's able to win on a different type of scenario, right? Because he shocked a lot of people with a road course win at Daytona the second weekend of the season. He clearly is clicking with his crew chief, with his new team, it just feels like it's a very high possibility that he could put something together and put that car in victory lane in Bristol. Now, if you want to talk about him versus Kyle Larson, they competed only one time together at Eldora, the truck race, which was uh, the dirt race, and Kyle won that race. It was the 2016 race, but Christopher Bell finished right behind him, second place. So... Very good stuff. I mean, the odds would tell you that he's very far behind Kyle, but looking at the stats, you could make an argument that he's right on his heels and could, you know, very easily slip by him into victory lane. So Christopher Bell plus 600, look into it if you don't want the heavy favorite. Now, here's a guy that I'm getting into, and it's Austin Dillon plus 1,200. I'm placing this bet now, right now. Because I don't want the heat races to mess this up. I loved hearing Jordan talk about Austin Dillon, how he's a, a good value pick. I was all over Austin Dillon. When they came out with the odds, he was the first name I was looking for. I knew that Larson was going to be up there. I knew that Christopher Bell was going to be up there. I wanted to see where Dillon was. Because I just have a feeling about Dillon this weekend. I don't know what it is, but I just have a feeling. And I want to get them at plus 1200 he's another one his odds were down to like plus 800 back up to plus 1200 i don't know what's causing this to happen but i'm going to pounce on it now because i think after the heat races he's going to show his hand and he'll probably be some shorter odds at that point so he's too good to to let slide here at this number he won the first ever eldora truck race on the dirt the they used to call it the mud summer classic at that point before they got copyright infringement on uh, from baseball, the MLB. But I digress. He won that race, and how fitting would it be for the same guy who won the first dirt derby to win the first cup race on dirt in like 50-some years? Kind of a coincidence, but I think it happened. Three starts at Eldora, one win, a 10th place finish, and a 6th place finish. So he, he started three years in a row. Those were his finishes. 2013 to 2015 he ran against larson two times and he is 2-0 against kyle larson in those head-to-head matchups at eldora on dirt so if larson's the guy and you heard jordan talk about how larson had said dylan is a big time competitor on dirt he's mildly concerned about him i mean that's big deal coming from you know what seems like at this point the god of dirt racing Kyle Larson. So 
That seems like pretty high praise. Now, I know RCR, as a team, has had this circled on their schedule for a little bit now. Before the season started, I guess it was when they announced this, I was listening to SiriusXM Radio, and I heard his crew chief, Justin Alexander, talking about this race in particular, saying that, yeah, this is one that they have the ability, they feel confident if there's going to be one race this year that could possibly get them into the playoffs with a win, why not this one? I mean, this is a big one. They know how good their driver is on dirt. Dirt is the great equalizer, it seems like, with all of these big-name guys in NASCAR. Well, Austin Dillon rises to the top when you throw dirt on the track, so why not? This is a big race. They're throwing a lot of resources in this one, I'm sure, especially with Tyler Reddick as well. RCR going all in and definitely circling it. Now, if that's not enough, we talked about how Bristol's having the – or they had this past weekend, Bristol Nationals, and Austin Dillon – raced in that event on Saturday night. He raced in the 602 late model feature and won that event. So big, big momentum for Austin Dillon. He finished sixth on Sunday, which is great for them. It just seems like plus 1,200 is just too good of a value to pass up. So lock that one in. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. So now we'll get to some top 10 action here. And if you are a fan of this part of the podcast and you'd like putting bets down on guys to finish in the top 10, then this is the week for you. Because on a typical week, when the odds are released and you're going right to the top 10 section, you're going to scroll down a little bit before you start seeing the longer odds, like the plus 100 odds, right? That zero mark, right? Between minus and plus money takes about maybe 13, 12 guys to get to that plus money. Well, not this week because there's only four guys who are minus money this week, and then right away you're getting into the better value. And I think that's just because the sports books really don't know what to do. But there are four guys above, and then it's just open for business if you're looking for these values. Now, it's spread pretty thin, so... So many options, there's not really anything you could do wrong here. The heat races are definitely going to impact this on Saturday night. Once that happens, I would expect the top 10 odds to shift a bit, and you'll really start to see more normalcy in that area. But for now, let's go nuts. Now, I'm going to just call out a little bit different than we're used to doing. I'm going to call out a couple names and then just kind of riff a little bit. So, Chase Briscoe is the first name that I'm calling out. Now, he actually is minus 118, but I think that that value is still super good. He's actually plus 1,300 to win the race. Very doable. Very doable, especially when you're looking at his history here. So he's a guy who has dirt in his background as well. He crushed it at Eldora. Three starts, one win, a third-place finish, and a seventh-place finish out of Everybody on our list who is going off on Sunday, who at any point in time competed at Eldora, he has the best average finish out of everybody there. So very impressive there. It was below four. It was like 3.6. Wild stuff. Driver rating in that list is second. He just seems like he'd be able to keep it up front. Now, there are a number of different guys who are actually going to hop in a truck and race on Saturday night, which is valuable experience to get that under your belt. He is one of them. He's going off in the truck race as well. So all of this combined equals a, a pretty good shot at a top 10 here, minus 118. I'm fine giving that up. I would even be throwing some money down on him to win the race at those long shot odds, plus 1,300, because he's really not a long shot. He's like the fourth guy down the list, but the odds are so good. So Chase Briscoe, take a look at him. This weekend, Stuart Haas Racing, I really think that they could put something together and, and gain some momentum after, off of a win this week. Now, next guy up, we've touched on everybody that's competing on Sunday that has won at Eldora, and we're going to finish that off with Bubba Wallace, plus 150 to finish in the top 10 this weekend, plus 2,500 to win the race for Bubba. I don't think he'll win the race. But I think he's got a pretty solid shot to finish in the top 10. Now, you take into consideration the fact that that team just hasn't 
gotten it together the way they probably hoped their season would get started with the 2311 racing and all of that, the, the fanfare that came with it. They've got the spotlight on them. They're not really competing that strong. This could be a chance to really snag a win on kind of a, a circus track, a, a gimmicky type of deal. Hey, let's slip into the top 10 here, plus 150. The odds just don't really add up to me. He competed at Eldora twice. Like Jordan said, I mean, he's not really a dirt track guy, but he was able to go out and get the win. It's kind of out of nowhere. And who's to say it can't happen again? He has a win and a seventh place finish in his two starts. There's average finish for all you math whizzes out there would be 4.0. So he's in decent equipment. I mean, you know, have that Gibbs affiliation. The doubters were very plentiful back in 2014 when he got that win at Eldora, and they're pretty prevalent now. So really doesn't have anything to lose. I mean, if you go out and you struggle on the dirt track, it's like, all right, well, it was Bristol dirt. Like, who the hell knew how it was going to go? So you can kind of race a little bit more free if you're Bubba because getting kind of tense, getting kind of hot under the collar there for that guy. So, hey, I like looking back at Eldora winners and throwing money on them just because of that experience and that success. So give it to me here. He's also racing in the truck race, driving the number 11 truck on Saturday night. Again, valuable experience. So I like it, plus 150 for Bubba Wallace in the 23 car. Now, talking about just some other big names here, this is where I'm kind of just riffing only because this is just so interesting to me that you get these huge names with such good value. So Chase is going off at plus 120 to finish in the top 10. I really like that. You see that he's trying to up his dirt game. He raced in the Chili Bowl this past year. He's been very active, trying, or very vocal, making it known that you know he's trying to do all sorts of different races. Racing the 24-hour Rolex, did the Chili Bowl, among other things. So Chase is getting more acquainted with dirt. I like it. I think he could be a sneaky pick. We're going to talk more about Chase in the head-to-head -head section in just a bit, but top 10 plus 120, I like it. Truex is going off at plus 175. Now, he's racing in the truck race on Saturday night as well. Valuable experience for a just pure veteran guy. I don't believe he has very much dirt background compared to these other drivers that we've been talking about, but... Plus 175 for Truex to finish in the top 10. This might be one where you have to just kind of watch the truck race. Obviously, we'll see the heat races before this, but you watch the truck race, see how he handles himself the length of the race, and then throw some money down. You might not get the same value at that point, but it's somebody that I'm kind of focusing on as the weekend unfolds. The last guy is Joey Logano, plus 180. This guy is just a wheelman. This is another one where I am focusing specifically. I'm not going to throw money down on Logano before the heat races. I don't care if the odds go down a little bit for me. I want to focus on Logano and see what he's bringing to the table in these heat races. Because if I, sn if I smell a whiff of competitiveness, I'm going to be all over it. If he's kind of dropping back, kind of fading a little bit, forget about it. But if he's even fighting for a little bit there... I'm going to go in on that 22 car plus 180 because that, I mean, where, it's so cool. Where are you going to find these guys with these values? Never again, you'll probably see these. So after the heat races, we'll go back and we'll re-lock it in after the odds come back out after those. So for those updated odds and picks there, give us a follow at Full Tank Phil. We're going to be probably very active this weekend based upon all of the fun stuff, the activities that are happening Saturday night into Sunday. Drex Jr. is going to be aggressive. Denny Hamlin out front. Aggressive goes around. So now the time is finally here to take a look at the head-to-head -head matchups. And full disclosure, I'm actually recording this the day after I did everything else that you've heard up until this point because the head-to-head -head matchups, the lines from the sports books, have not been out. It took forever. So when I was recording the first part of the podcast and my conversation with Jordan, these were not available, and I wasn't sure if they were going to be. I thought the sports books might avoid them at all costs until the heat races, and in that case, I wouldn't have anything to talk about in this area. But as I'm turning off my light to go to bed, I checked the book, and sure enough, right before I went to bed, they became available probably around 12.30 Wednesday night. So they are available, and 
we got some good matchups here, some fun stuff to take a look at. The first thing I wanted to look at, though, was our guest pick. Our matchup that we kind of threw on a whim to Jordan is available. Chase Briscoe versus Stuart Friesen. Jordan took Chase Briscoe just due to his success. We talked about him, Briscoe, that is, in the top 10 section, all the stuff he has going on. Stuart Friesen, these are the last two champions of Eldora. So Briscoe won in 2018, Friesen won in 2019. He's obviously a staple in the truck series, and you heard a little bit more about his dirt racing credentials, and that's probably why he's got a ride in the Cup Series this Sunday. But we're going to roll with Jordan here. We're going to roll with Chase Briscoe in that guest pick matchup there. Got to love that. Now, we've got a bunch of matchups. We're going to focus on three. All three of these matchups right now are all even odds at minus 115 apiece for each one of the matchups. So I would suspect that that's going to change after the heat races. They'll probably update those odds once people are able to get a glimpse of how these guys are running. But for right now, you can get everybody at even odds. So the first matchup we have right now is Kurt Busch taking on Mike Marlar. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this guy's name right, but he is running in the Cup Series for the first time in his career. This is a situation where we've got a dirt track ringer taking on an old Wiley veteran, and I love this type of conversation. I love this matchup by the sports books here. So let's get to know Mike Marlar, learning a little bit about him today. He is basically a big name in the dirt series, 2018 World of Outlaws late model champion. So clearly he has had a lot of success on the dirt series in the past. He's raced at Eldora in 2019. So the last time that they ran the dirt race at Eldora, he finished fourth in that race. If you remember, Stuart Friesen won that race. So he was going up against some pretty good competition in 2019, faced some cup drivers as well. Uh, so finished fourth in that truck race. So he even raced once in the Xfinity series. He didn't have that good of a start, but he had an Xfinity race under his belt as well. He is a true dirt race ringer. So they're bringing him in. He's racing for Hill Motorsports, and he's going to be running both the truck and the cup race this weekend for that team. So this is a very underfunded team. They didn't have enough funds, really, to run at Atlanta. So they've spent the last couple weeks strictly focusing on the Bristol dirt races coming up in both truck and cup. So he's the one that they're tagging to do this. It seems like a good choice by them. You're bringing in a guy who is very good, obviously, have a lot of experience on dirt, and you're giving him the opportunity to get to know the track on Saturday night in the truck race and then bring it to the track on Sunday. So, hey, Mike Marlar, Hill Motorsports, we'll see what they can do. Now, he's going up against Kurt Busch, veteran with no dirt experience, you would think, on the surface, but not so fast, my friend, in the words of Lee Corso. He actually has a tiny bit of dirt experience. He has two starts in the Prelude to the Dream at Eldora. It's an exhibition race run by Tony Stewart and his group over there at Eldora. So he hasn't done very well in those starts, but he has tried in the past his hand at dirt. And looking into it a little bit further this offseason, I think once they came out with the fact that there was going to be a dirt race at Bristol, he got on the horn with his brother Kyle and got into some dirt action in the offseason. They did some testing at Friendship Motor Speedway in North Carolina to help prepare. They were running modified cars at that time. So he had some opportunity this past winter to get himself a little bit more acquainted with dirt, see how the cars are handling, and just kind of figure it out a little bit mentally. Now, when I speak of mentally, I think there's another aspect at play here, because if you're looking through the roster of the guys that are going out on Sunday, they're is a mixed bag of feelings about how things are going to go. And you can run into some guys that you can get some quotes. People are not happy. There are drivers out there that are just kind of curmudgeons, crossing their arms, not really digging this dirt thing. Kurt Busch is the complete opposite. Even though he doesn't have much experience on dirt, he's embracing it and saying, hey, I'm all about it. I think it's going to be really fun. And I think that type of mentality is who you want to bet on in this scenario. So clearly a, a mismatch as far as dirt experience goes, but my pick in this matchup is going to be Kurt Busch. A couple reasons why. One, 
the team aspect of it, Ganassi versus Hill Motorsports, I mean, there is really no comparison whatsoever when you look at those two teams as far as finances and funding is concerned when you're looking at a, a normal racetrack. The dirt is the thing that makes it equal, I guess, but um, I think once these guys get a chance to kind of get in there and figure it out, I think the the team aspect of it is definitely going to play out to Kurt's advantage, having more funds, having more resources at their disposal, really. So the other thing that comes to mind here is I can remember there used to be a really big group of road course ringers. Boris said comes to mind and they would bring these guys in and like they're going to tear it up. And really the NASCAR guys kind of shut them down. I don't know if they're was an opportunity or there was a time when those road course ringers had their day in the sun and really did stand out but they to my knowledge and my memory never really did anything big so it was a lot of hoopla for not a lot of results so i'm kind of making the assumption here i mean obviously nobody really knows anything about this track but i'm making the assumption that this could be pretty similar you know you got to stick with who you know we know kurt coming off of that weird ending to his race getting knocked out early last time i think he's going to be focused and ready to go so mark me down for kurt bush and i don't even want to wait for the heats to happen for this one lock it in minus 115 so now the next matchup is a another really good one ricky stenhouse jr versus chase elliott they are even odds i think that's just so funny to see because normally these two probably would not be matched up with even odds. Maybe at a super speedway race, maybe, but minus 115 a piece is fairly interesting. Um, and you don't really see them going head to head very often. So we talked about Chase briefly in the head to head section, but we didn't touch on Stenhouse whatsoever. And these guys are both going off at plus 1,800 to 2,000 to win the race. So they're right next to each other in the odds. So let's take a look at Stenhouse first because he's one of the guys that is going to stand out. They're going to talk about it on the broadcast for sure. That He's got an extensive dirt history. So he started his own dirt team in 2012. That's how much this guy loves the dirt racing circuit. And that was in the American Sprint Car Series. So he had that going for a little while now. And then back in 2017, he had a partner and they kind of switched it up. He took over the 17 car to run the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. So again, still involved there. He does run part-time in that car from time to time. When Stenhouse won his first NASCAR race, that put him in an exclusive club, I guess you could say where he was one of only eight guys to have a win in NASCAR, USAC, Silver Crown Series, National Sprint Car, and National Midget Series. Only eight guys ever have done that, and he's in the company of Kyle Larson and actually Ryan Newman. So, very impressive, you could say, there for Ricky Stenhouse. I had not given much thought to him. I knew that he had this background in racing sprint cars, but... Heading in, I didn't really think about him that much. In the 2021 Chili Bowl, he actually won the B main to get into the, the A main, and he finished seventh in the 2021 Chili Bowl. So definitely someone with the ability to get this car around the track at Bristol. So I am pretty persuaded. Now let's take a look at Chase. We kind of touched on him a little bit because we were saying, well, he's been trying to get into dirt racing recently. He probably has seen the writing on the wall that Bristol is a thing now, the dirt, so he wanted to get more experience. He's trying his damnedest to get in these cars. At the Chili Bowl, his car took some damage early on in the F main, and he finished seventh. He failed to advance to the, the feature. So that was a chance for him to get his feet wet a little bit, but it didn't really pan out due to that damage that he took early. And the same type of thing happened last week when he attended the Bristol Nationals. He, again, failed to advance because of some early trouble. So while Chase is clearly making the effort, and he's very energetic, and he's all about it, he really is still learning. So he's going even odds right now against someone who is just big-time dirt race guy, Ricky Stenhouse. So for that ability, I mean, I know that Chase, because of his Hendrick Motorsports team, 
you know, we talked a little bit about the team comparison in the previous matchup here. Um, Hendrick Motorsports versus JTG Doherty Racing. Obviously, there's a mismatch there, but I think I'm going to go with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. on this one. Maybe wait until after the heat races. I'm not sure. I think I kind of like the fact that Ricky is even odds with Chase at this point because maybe during the heat races, Ricky shows up and he becomes a heavy, heavy favorite. So that's the risk that you're taking if you're waiting on this one till after the heat races. Um, so if you're a big fan of Ricky Stenhouse, now might be the time to snatch this matchup up. Stenhouse is the pick, minus 115. So now I got one for you that is really centered towards the back of the pack, I guess you could say, because everybody that we've talked about so far is relatively up there and has a chance to you know be in the top 10 or even win the race some of these longer odds if Kyle Larson isn't completely running away with it but I got a matchup here of two guys that according to the odds have no shot to win the race and so I kind of want some action on further back in the pack so that you know if somebody is running away with it I got something to cheer for throughout the race so This is Eric Almirola taking on Chris Buescher. These guys are both going off at plus 8,000 to win the race, plus 350 for both of them to finish in the top 10. That is super interesting to me. So looking at both these guys, the reason that they're so far down the list is because they don't have much experience on dirt. You want to hear Eric Almirola's dirt experience? Okay, here it is right here. One sentence. His grandfather was a dirt racer. That's it. He does not have, as far as my research can tell me, any experience whatsoever on dirt. So you look at now how his year's going. If Almirola was just crushing it this year, this might be a little bit more intriguing to take him in any sort of matchup going into this. Because once you kind of have it going on, like some of these guys do right now this year, then they're a little bit more interesting. But He's having a rough year. We've talked about it a bunch so far on the podcast. So not an ideal place for him to be going when you're struggling already. You have no experience on dirt. Not a good look. That's why he's plus 8,000. Now, Chris Buescher, he has been having a pretty decent year so far. Top 10 last week. He has very little dirt experience, but he's making the effort. He jumped in to the Bristol Nationals last weekend just to get a look at the racetrack. He was interviewed a bunch and that's why he did it he wanted to get in there just so he wasn't going in completely blind he finished fourth in his qualifying race it was the 602 late model race and that was the same one that Austin Dillon actually went on to win the feature at he did not run in the feature that fourth place finish in his qualifying race did not advance him but that tiny bit of experience getting out there seeing the track might be able to be enough to give him a bit of an advantage over Almirola in this matchup. So I'm going to go with Chris Buescher in this one. I'm thinking, you know, I love the fact that he's getting out there. He's making the effort. Hey, who knows what Almirola has been up to the last week? I haven't been following him on social media, but being that we're just at Georgia, maybe he swung down to Florida, went home, you know, kind of resting a little bit because I know he's from Florida in the Orlando area. Maybe he's just taking a little bit too easy and not really prepping. Who knows? I'm just kind of making assumptions here. So Chris Busher's the pick, minus 115. Now, those are the picks that I wanted to go into a little bit more detail on. I have one last one, though. Not going to throw much detail your way, just one that I absolutely have to take. So there were two names on the head-to-head matchups that I had no idea who these guys were. Again, more dirt race ringers, I guess you could say. And I skipped right past those guys because... I don't know much about them at all. I don't know anything about them. Never heard their names before and, you know, didn't want to dive too much into who they are, where they come from. But I was listening to the radio today and NASCAR radio had an interview and they brought on Chris Windham and found out that Chris Windham. So he's going head to head against a guy named Shane Golubek. Both these guys, dirt race guys in their history, and that's what they do. Chris Windham goes by the nickname Big Daddy, like legit. That's what they call him the last like five years or so. He's got a nickname. Tony Stewart was somehow involved in this nickname. Chris Big Daddy Windham. So they are going off at even odds right now. How could you not take a guy whose nickname is Big Daddy? It just doesn't make sense to me that you would just casually hear that 
and let it go in one ear and out the other. Not me. That is just totally like, yes, I want to throw my money. Take my money. I need to throw it on Big Daddy. He races midget cars and sprint cars. He actually raced Eldora in 2018. He finished 14th. He races in the World of Outlaws series right now. So the thing now that is interesting is they're going off even odds between the two of them. But to win the race, they are a big difference. So Chris Windham was plus 4,000, and Shane Golubek was actually plus 5,000. So that's a big difference to win the race, but you have them in even odds. That seems like that's an advantage to the gambler to me. So if you want to get technical about it and think of it that way, there's a an edge possibly that might change after the heat races. We'll see. But hey, I got to throw something down on Big Daddy. So just to give a, a quick recap of all of these head-to-head matchups that we've talked about, we got the guest pick, Briscoe over Friesen. Then we've got Kurt Busch over Mike Marlar, Ricky Stenhouse over Chase Elliott, Chris Busher over Eric Almarola, and Big Daddy Chris Windham over Shane Golubek. All of these matchups are currently minus 115, so go out and get them. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Got to thank my guest Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic for joining us talking the Bristol Dirt Race this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Jordan underscore Bianchi and give us a follow on Instagram at Full Tank Phil. As this weekend unfolds, there could be a lot more updates to the pick. So give us a look on there. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for some more short track racing at Martinsville. Place to go. Hell, no place to go. Hell, no place to go. Hell, no place to go.